Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always I am joined by the old man himself, one and a half hamstrings, Will Murden. How's it going tonight, mate? I am just dealing with stuff at the moment, my friend. I'm dealing with stuff. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I don't want to bring in a lot of the negative energy I have inside at the moment. I want this to be big. This is our season launch. I need to be excited here. But if you were to ask me on today of all days, are you okay? You, <laughs> you would need to be prepared for the answer that you're going to get there. And, and I don't think that's one for like open listenership. It's, it's just, yeah, not great at the moment. Not great. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I got the message from you that you had, in fact, pinged your hamstring. And, and I always find watching a hamstring injury one of the most enjoyable things as a spectator. You see that moment where the muscle itself just goes, the hand clasps the back of the leg and people start hopping around in a hilarious fashion. So I always enjoy watching people do it. Um, not so much for you, and I know you don't handle injuries too well. You're more than happy to laugh at other people's injuries, but you certainly don't laugh at your own injuries too well. So uh, I kind of feel sorry for you, but there's also a part of me that's got a little bit of Will Murden in me and it's kind of like, ah, uh, sucked in, dickhead. Yeah, I mean, the eve of the prelim, it's just it's, it's not sitting well with me at the minute. But that's all right. I'll do what I can to make sure that I um, can get up. Whatever Both that may literally be. literally and figuratively. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, I've started off in a really... I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm happy. We are at Season Launch 2020, and I'm making fun of your well-being both mentally and physically at the moment and i don't know how many apologies i make for that i mean obviously i do feel a little bit sorry for you but i also am gonna take the piss a fair bit tonight but we have got so much to get through um it's it's finally here we are less than 24 hours away from i say the first game we'll get to game previews but there is a little bit of limited action here it is well and truly a week one or almost week zero turnout in terms of the slate of games, but we will get to those. We've got news. We've got some results from last week of the week zero. I don't even know what we're calling them. We're going to mention all the Aussies as we get back to our roots of the show, and that's an important part of tonight as well, is acknowledging all the Aussies that are going to be over there playing, that are you know, making their name as a potential NFL player, a potential Ray Guy award winner, or having their first season over there as um, a new player as well in college football. We've got previews. We've got wheels on the punt. So if you are ready to lose money, you have come to the right podcast. We've got bowl prediction time. We've got championship draft as well. So a whole, whole heap to get to, and we're going to have to blitz through it rather quickly. Um, any initial takeaways or any comments that you want to get through to help you get your energy up and maybe turn this little hamstring debacle around no i think you're spot on in that we need to fly through this because we have a hell of a lot of content to get into some really good stuff some fun stuff so let's get straight into it mate we're going to start with the news so firstly jamie newman opts out of georgia football this year which leaves the door slightly ajar for or more than ajar well and truly open for jt newman to take the starting position there, but he's going to adopt uh, head into the draft. UCF have had 10 players opt out, including quarterback Daryl Mack, which puts their top 25 ranking in doubt. The Big 12 states some rules of play. They include 53 players must be available for every game. There needs to be one quarterback, four defensive linemen, and 
seven offensive linemen, I believe, as well, need to be available for play. The Pac-12 is looking at a November start date um, as they tend to fall in line with the Big Ten and their ability to uh, look to play in the fall um, or towards the end of the fall in November. Penne Sewell opts out for Oregon in other Big in other Pac-12 news. Oklahoma State and Tulsa have been postponed. SMU and TCU for the Iron Skillet have also been postponed. So anything there to comment on William? It, I think this is kind of what we're going to see this year. A lot of this postponement of games and moving things around. That's why it's a bit surprising that the SEC have started as late as they have. I would have thought that you would kind of want to try and get some stuff happening now so that you had a bit more flexibility in the schedules to be able to bump some games out, move things around. It seems quite rigid and they're kind of back-to-back with you know one buy game across that. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out when we get in there because this is going to happen. We're seeing it now. It's, it's not going away there. It's, it's ingrained in a lot of these states. So that's certainly a concern for how much of an impact that's going to have this year. Yeah, and back to the top, JT Daniels, you'll be extremely happy with him being the number one guy now in Georgia and you can you know, get all aboard that weird moustache and the fact that he's only about 12 years old still despite being at USC for three years and finishing his high school when he was eight or whatever he was. So yeah, you'll be happy with that. Yeah, not a big surprise, uh, him winning that job there and Jamie Newman seeing the writing on the wall and deciding that he would head to the NFL where he can get a gig ahead of my boy. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't really going to happen. But um, well, that pretty much covers off on that. Like I said, this is going to be quick fire news. So that hits everything that we need to hit so far. I think that is there any other news in college football? I think Oregon had another defensive player opt out as well. Um, so a few a few movements starting to stir in the in the Pac-12 as well. Um, in terms of some quick results, so there were some games last week as plenty of the group of five teams kicked off against. Uh, FCS schools, I suppose. There were a few conference matchups and things like that. But winners from last week, we had UAB, South Alabama, Marshall won real big, uh, Army, SMU, North Texas, Memphis, UTEP as well. Yeah, and uh, BYU put a big beat down on Navy. They did. A little bit unexpected, I would have thought. Um, and some news came out today that Navy went into a full contact practice on the back of that, which is a real like classic coach move, isn't it? Like you get whooped on. So it's like, we're going full contact tackling. And I remember being in those games where you do get whooped and then you come to training. And you're like, the last thing I want to do is now go and clunk heads with people. Like, can we just fucking, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I love in that shorts move. Or something? There's always that move or the classic when no one rocks up to fucking training but then they flog the blokes that have got there. So like half the team rocks up. It's like, no one's here, so you boys are going to run laps. You're like, well, calm. I'm here. <laughs> we did the right thing. Getting drag their asses out and make them run laps. Okay. Well, championship draft time. Let's not hang around. Let's blitz through this. This is season launch, so let's not hang around. Now, this is your brainchild again, Will. I'm actually really looking forward to this one. So championship draft, for those that are new to the podcast, 
and if you are new to the podcast, please do subscribe. Do hit us up on C- at CFB Down Under on both Twitter and on Instagram. And I will say our new Facebook page as well at CFB Down Under. We'll be making some noise and some waves in that space. So please do get in touch. Leave us a review on iTunes, five stars, four stars, some amount of stars. Make a ridiculous comment. We don't really give a shit. Um, make sure you get in contact. Continue to build the culture and build the environment and build the community around college football here in Australia. That is the goal. That's what we want to do and we want to share our experience with you. So for those that are new to college football down under the championship draft is something we have run for the previous two seasons. It is some iteration of the top 25 how we choose, select, pick teams varies from year to year. Uh, And there are different constraints put on it. We have varied it each year. So this is going to be a different version. I have won the previous two years. So while I get my ass kicked in fantasy, I'm pretty good at this championship draft. I've got my strategy for this year. I know this is your brainchild. I'm excited. Talk us through it. Yeah, no, I will give you credit there. You have done well the first two years. And that's why the rules keep changing. I'm not happy about it, so we obviously can't stick with what we've been doing. I need to come up with something that I can win, uh, and yeah. I'm I'm really excited about this year's one. I think I think I've cooked up something pretty cool for us here. So this year's championship draft is the auction edition. So I have, as opposed to previous years where we've selected teams based on different criteria, ins and outs, all of that sort of stuff. This year we're going with a budget. Uh, teams are going to be worth a dollar value and we're going to select in from there. So the thought is that our initial starting budget will be $30 each and each team will be worth the corresponding dollar value of where they are ranked at that point in time in the AP poll. So to start things off with the season, Clemson comes in at number one at the moment. They are $25. Alabama is three. They are twenty-three dollars. Uh, North Carolina are eighteen. They're eight bucks. Tennessee are twenty-five. They're a dollar. Anyone who is not ranked is free. Can be picked up. So Perfect. with this concept, we're going to pick three teams to begin with within our thirty dollars, and then after that, every week from there on in, we're going to have the option to buy and sell up to one team each week. So we're still within that $30 constraint, but you can sell a team if you think they're at high and they're at risk of dropping something and you want to collect some money to buy other teams with, or you can not, and you can just collect free teams that you think are going to go. Uh, And in the the end of the day, what we're looking for this year is the team with the most money in the bank. So the teams for the final AP poll, post-bowl games, where they sit. And there's an extra kicker and an added bonus where if you have the team that wins the national championship in your stable of teams you get a bonus 20 bucks cool makes sense now if it sounds like there's a freaking power drill going off in the background that is fucking the case because covid and shit so that's awesome uh yeah sounds good i'm really looking forward to this one and since i have one both years so far then it means that you are going to be the first cab off the rank you've got your first play it's a completely open slather to you so which direction are you going to take it okay so if you're you're leading me off i'm, I'm going to get the first one i'm going to be a bit strategic here uh, we both kind of looked this up and down we've seen the initial ap poll obviously has all of the teams that are not playing so far in it so there's a 
obviously a, an excellent opportunity for some of the teams underneath them to make a big jump when they all fall out from that initial one. So I don't think going high to start with is the smart move. Uh, and as a result of that, I'm going to go out of the rankings with my first pick. I'm, I'm going okay. unra- I'm going free. I'm not spending any money. And I'm going to grab your Miami Hurricanes as my <laughs> first selection as a team that I think will certainly get up into those rankings, uh, make me some money, and then when things start to get important, I can sell because that's where they may falter. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so that is going to cost you $0, zero for dollars the Miami spent. Hurricanes, which is about where they're at at the moment. <laughs> um, I am going to go in a completely different direction. And I was going to jump on board a similar pick, and I may get to that, but I'm going to take for 20 something dollars the number one team in the country. I'm taking the Clemson Tigers for 25 bucks straight up. And that is going to be my first pick. Boom. Spending all your wad up front, which is interesting strategy. Yep. And uh, potentially. To win it all. Yeah, uh, and I want that number one. I'm, I'm, I'm effectively with my first pick. I'm putting all my eggs in the Clemson, Dabo, Swinney, Trevor Lawrence basket, and I really need them to come through because I'm spending as much as I can. So uh, here we go. I've fired my shot. Okay, I like it. Um, I my turn now. I'm going to yep. jump into uh, a smaller school. I'm going non-power five here. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Bearcats. Ooh. I think they have a, a really good chance to take out the American this year. Uh, they're already coming in uh, 20th, so that's going to cost me $6 to, to grab the Bearcats there. Mm-hmm. But with the teams above them dropping out, I think that they've got a nice schedule to be, to continue to work their way up there, uh, and I'm going to grab the Bearcats to make me a bit of cash early on. Okay, perfect. Well, I am going to take with my second pick... The other end of the spectrum and i'm going to take the tennessee volunteers for one dollar and my thinking with this is that after next week they are going to rise in value by one two three four five six seven eight nine dollars without even playing a game so i'm going to take the tennessee volunteers uh for one dollar clever I like it, um, and I mean, looking at how that plays out, yeah, that, that, that's smart. Uh, you'll be able to sell them if you're not happy with that, you know, even before they have a game to make back some of that money that you're looking at. So yep. I certainly cannot fault you for that strategy there. Uh, all right, so I've spent six bucks. My last choice here, uh, I am going to go... You're undecided. I am a little bit. I am a little bit. Your, your strategy's kind of caught me off guard because it, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but here, I think I am going to grab a team that I think will has the potential to make it into the playoffs. Uh, I think they're a team that 
will be very good for most of the year. I don't expect them to lose many games across the year. And I'm going to take the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And Interesting. I'm, and it's, it's almost a direct shot at your Clemson pick there. I'm yeah. really backing them in to get the job done in South Bend. And for that to really propel them forward and, and make me some bucks. Okay, cool. Uh, happy with that. With my last pick, uh, now I really should have checked some schedules here. I'm probably not going to pick Arizona State, but I'm going to take a team out of the top 25 as well. And I'm going to take the Louisville Cardinals for free. Uh, I think they're well coached. They've got returning coach and quarterback, which, as I've mentioned before, I think is going to be a really, really important um, step this year. And I again, next week, they will jump up into the rankings as well. So I've got no doubt about that. I think there's some free money in another spot. I can make some of this cash back um, to start playing around in the middle orders later in the year. Excellent. All right, so just to quickly recap that, I have gone Miami... Cincinnati and Notre Dame and I've spent a total of $22 leaving me with 8 bucks for next week okay so I have gone Clemson Tennessee and Louisville for a total spend of 26 bucks so I've got four clams in the bank and I think you have done a fantastic job with your championship draft this year will so great structure obviously we're going to see how this plays out and, and it, i think it's pretty well balanced which was something i was a bit nervous about but i think you've done a really good job so well done awesome all right let's jump into the aussies now this is something we haven't given a lot of airtime to over the pre-season uh and i do want to make sure that we do honor and and acknowledge all these guys so we're probably going to start at the top here and we're going to go with the guys on the Ray Guy preseason watch list of those that are playing. So of that, Ryan Bachevsky is a junior at Texas. He's been there for a number of years now, starting punter. Um, probably didn't have the year that he wanted last year. I don't think he wasn't as good as, as he was hoping to perform for Texas. And Texas went uh, quietly into or became you know irrelevant pretty quickly. So... Uh, and in a similar vein is Oscar Bradburn at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech didn't have the year that they were after, but he's a senior. This is his last crack at it. Uh, so in the ACC, he is going to do all the punting duties for the Hokies. Max Duffy, the Ray Guy winner from last year at Kentucky. We did mention him last week in our SEC preview. So he is... Um, another big name that is looking to go back to back and then you know parlay that into a uh, an NFL career as well James Smith is a senior at Cincinnati you're a big fan of his another pro kick graduate uh, what are we expecting from James Smith he had a fantastic year last year can he repeat can he go even one better and look to make some more noise on the Ray Guy front I'm expecting bigger and better things. I think last year was kind of probably a step under where I was expecting him to be. Like, he was good, don't get me wrong. But I, he has legit talent and leg to compete with Max Duffy for the Ray Guy again this year. And it's great to see so many Aussies are, are up at the top of this one here. There's a whole handful of others that are certainly going to be across that. Uh, as we keep going, we're going to be tracking those that are having good games, those that are throwing passes, running the ball, uh, always a bit of fun, and those that are going to be in line for silverware because 
there's so many Australians over there doing it now. There's there's wondrous things that they're doing out at Pro Kick there, and I mean, it's it's a crazy world. It it, it must be uh, a bit surreal for them at the moment, being so far away from home and in the middle of all this pandemic stuff. Like it's weird enough for us here, but imagine being kind of away and not able to get back if if yeah. you wanted to. So we're certainly here to support those guys this year and, and really hope that we see them do super, super well. Some other Ray Guy war, uh, watch this, guys. John Haggerty at Western Kentucky is a senior. And Reese Byrne, who had a good season last year, particularly early, faded a little fraction down the stretch at Louisiana Lafayette. Um, or are they just Louisiana now? I don't even know. I think they're just Louisiana. But uh, Reese Byrne is a guy there. If we stay in the group of five who tend to support our Australians far better than the um, Power Five conferences, we've got Luke Larson at ECU. He's a freshman there. Um, Matt Frange at SMU. He replaces Jamie Sackville, who had a really good career, so they jump from Aussie to Aussie there. Trent Schneider as a junior at UC, uh, USF, sorry, and he had a really, really good season last year actually he might be a senior this year um but so. he had a really sorry i believe he is a senior i've been yeah, following his progress he, uh well yeah he had a really really good season last year so they're expecting big things from him again lane wilkins uh is going to take over from dane roy who also started off really really well at houston last year Lockie Wilson at Tulsa. You would have seen him kick in the first week this week, Will, under normal circumstances. Uh, so that's all the guys from the American, but they are holding up their end of the deal when it comes to punters in that conference. And, you know, half of the conference are punters from Australia. So that's really, really great representation there. Josh Sloan, uh, as we head across to conference, UC, uh, USA is at UTEP. He's a freshman. Uh, they had Mitchell Crawford there last year, but he graduated. So Josh Sloan steps in. He may his first punting gig may be in Texas Stadium, uh, which would be a massive first up game. The crowd's probably not going to be as big as it could be. Um, Matt Hayball is at FAU, a guy originally from Adelaide. He went over and um, was part of the Pro, Pro Kick program as well. But he made a freshman all-conference team last year, so expect big things from him. Matt Rigney, Middle Tennessee. Lucas Dean, UTSA. Ethan Dwayne at Old Dominion wraps up Conference USA. Your boy, Xavier Subatosh at App State. Should have another good year. Jack Bro uh, Jack Brooks at South Alabama. Jack Dawson at Troy. Seamus O'Kelly, what probably the greatest Australian name is at Texas State. Uh, couldn't be more Irish if you tried. Uh, and he is from a Queensland kid, uh, but is. Uh, headed over again another pro kick guy uh, the name that I do want to mention that is certainly worth looking at this guy is a punter kicker combo and that's Kieran Collahan. he's at Coastal Carolina but he is set for a big big year and the raps on him are massive so he is one that you want to know about a few other guys now you're going to want to talk Oklahoma State so let's get to those two boys you've got two guys there um, for the cowpokes Alex Hale and Tom Hutton who I know Nathan Chapman after speaking to Chappie he speaks very highly of Tom Hutton and his leg so and uh, you know an older guy he's in his 30s whoa that is old uh, but he is shaping up for a big big year 
yeah, I, it's exciting that we've got not one but two Australians on that Oklahoma State team. That whole age thing, like, let's just make sure he's stretching. Uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't want any Watch issues that there. String. But uh, yep. he, he was good last year uh, without being great. I think there's certainly opportunity for him to step up his game and help the Pokes with their Big 12 title hopes that they have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Alex Hale is the kicker there as well. Jordan Sandy's at TCU. Watch out for him this year. Again, they're my two Smokies, Kieran Collahan and Jordan Sandy at TCU. Uh, should be a really good one. I do need to mention Matt Leo. He was a defensive lineman originally from Adelaide. He's now moved on to the NFL. He is was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles and is um, doing a really good job there out of Iowa State. But I think certainly worth mentioning him and the fact that he has moved on. Um, and Corey Dunn uh, at Iowa State will continue the punting duties for the Cyclones. Speaking of continuing their punting duties, Kirk Christodoulou will continue for the Panthers. He played in all games last year and expect him to do the same this year. Lou Headley, if you want a dude who fits the Miami culture, looks like a Latino hitman, Lou Headley's your guy. Um, got I don't know if he's got any more room for tattoos on his skin, but you know he looks like an absolute weapon. Should be playing some middle linebacker, I feel. But anyway, um, you know yeah, an absolute unit for like the Canes. One. So Certainly again. built like a middle linebacker, oh. DN type. Like, he's a monster. Isn't he just? So, uh, hopefully he doesn't have to do too much punting for the Canes, but we'll see Alex Mastromano at Florida State. He's a freshman there. And then we've got a couple of guys in the SEC. The only lineman at this stage in uh, Division One, not Division One play, FBS play, is Ben Key the, out of Missouri. Uh, Aaron Sipos has moved on from Auburn and he's at the Detroit Lions at the moment and he could have a heavy workload there. Nick uh, Constantino at Texas A&M and Jeremy Crawshaw is the latest Australian, I believe, to go over and he will be a Florida Gator. So that is literally the list of names that we have for Australians playing this year. There's obviously a lot of guys in the Mountain West and Pac-12 as well who do just geographically being closer to home and proximity-wise tend to host more Australians than what the other conferences do. So there is a big contingent that are potentially missing out this year or certainly waiting until the latter half of the year. Yep, no, you're spot on. I, what I really liked about that list there is that we're getting a lot of repeat transactions with Australians to programs. Like yeah. with that, that pipeline is open and you can see the program, see the benefit of having Aussies in them where they go, well, fuck, look how well this dude can kick the ball. Look how naturally he is at it. He was awesome. Let's replace him with another one. Uh, and, and they make that call down under and we're, we're sending them up there. It's great to see. And it's a matter of time before, you know, nearly all of the programs are, are running the Aussie kickers because it, it's so natural to us and they're doing such an excellent job over there. Yeah, so all the best to all the guys over there. All the best to, to Chappie and the and the Pro Kick program as well. I know not everybody goes through that program, but it certainly is a great launching point for Australian ex-AFL, ex-rugby guys to, to head over there and, and, and play the game and, and give it a crack, and they're doing such a good job. So all the best to the guys for the season, and we'll be keeping a close watch on what they are doing, how they're performing, and hopefully excelling uh, for themselves, their schools, and the Australian 
viewership as well. All right, let's move on to some previews. So we are at week one, kind of, sort of, maybe. Uh, I don't really have too much for these games so i'm going to give you reasons that you may want to watch them and will please jump in and add anything of analytical value i i I certainly shall but it's one of those ones where we're season launch we're really excited like sunday morning's going to be good fun we watch up get up watch some college football but like there's a real but on it this week one we we don't have those big out of conference matchups that uh that we had before that that Mm -hmm. we would have seen with with a standard week one we do get some acc matchups but Nothing really that uh, kind of gets the juices flowing. So no, it's really like bottom of the barrel ACC stuff. It, well, that 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 bottom is quite like most of the barrel. I think you'll find, oh. but but I Here do agree go. with you. Here we go. Yeah. That hamstring's clearly feeling better. It's not back to your old bullshit. All right. So the first game we're going to touch on is the one that happens in less than twelve hours, actually, and that is UAB and Miami. This one's going to be at Hard Rock down in South Florida. The reason you may want to watch this, the spread offense finally comes to South Florida. It's Manny Diaz's second year. He had a disastrous finish to last season. And can the Canes get this season off to an okay start, whatever that looks like? Yeah, there's going to be rust. Yeah, they're going to have to blow out the cobwebs. But they're going to be running a system that joins the 21st century for the first time. And is that going to make a difference? Because we've heard time and time again is what happens when the spread gets good athletes and Alabama's what happens when the spread gets good athletes. Clemson's what happens when the spread gets good athletes. So, you know, the Canes will have the athletes there at running back and at wide receiver. So can that offense support what has been a really good defense over the past three years? Yeah, I think UAB uh, have a, a solid defensive unit. I think offensively they're very limited, uh, but we did see last year Miami run a few tight games where they just weren't able to put up points, and, and that would be the concern and the risk for them this year, that if they can't get going... like The, the Blazers have a solid defense, and they don't want to get caught in a 21-17, 21-14 matchup because they could be on the wrong side of that. I don't expect that to happen. I've, I've got really high hopes for Derek King uh, and his time at Miami. So I'm thinking they'll come out the gates firing here. What is a little concerning for you and the Hurricanes is that the Blazers have had that kickoff match. I think this year that lead-in game that was played last week as, as week zero will be invaluable because they haven't had a, a full spring season or, or training session. There hasn't been a lot of contact stuff. It's, it's going to be a bit more of an adjustment. So if you've had a game already, you're certainly going to be a little bit more hardened and Miami run the risk there. But as you said, they've got the more talent. I'm expecting them to look good from the get-go. I'm hoping that for Manny Diaz's sake, they can get over a uh, group of five side on on this occasion and that they look really strong with their Mm. uh, first matchup. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think that defense, while it's not complicated for UAB, they know what they're about. They've got big, strong, physical defensive backs that like to manhandle wide receivers, but I think they're not going to be able to move the ball offensively enough. Their quarterback uh, turned the ball over a number of times last week against Central Arkansas, um, and their running backs won't have the freedom to run around against the athletic defensive ends and, and linebackers that the Canes will 
roll out this year. All right, moving on, staying in the ACC, we do have one of these matchups or a couple to talk about. And we've got Syracuse who come into the season a little bit underdone, uh, maybe not underdone, but certainly a little bit underwhelming. And a North Carolina team who you have previously mentioned as being, and taking their shots at them, but previously mentioned them being overhyped and overrated. Uh, but are, are North Carolina that good and are Syracuse that bad? I think we've got two teams on the end of the spectrum here from preseason analysis. Like everything that I'm seeing about North Carolina is their potential top 10 team and Ugh. Mac Brown's back as an excellent head coach, which, you know, he is, credit to him. Uh, and, and is he? I think Do we know a, that? He's a very good coach, uh, I think. Like he was at the end of his Texas run? Yeah, maybe he got a little bit uh, old and, well, not well, old He's not any well, younger a, now. A little, a little tired. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, Sam Howe and North Carolina are a decent team, but they're not at the level that the hype has, has built them up to. Syracuse is the complete opposite. People are picking them to finish last in the ACC. Whilst I don't expect them to be competing for the championship, I think they're better than that. I, I think they're around the mark, uh, and this one will be closer than most expect. I think that uh, North Carolina... Having this one at home, right? It's in Chapel yep, Hill. Correct. Will certainly uh, be enough for them to get the win, but I think it's going to be closer than most expect. Yeah, Syracuse can ugly things up a little bit, and they've done it in the past. They did it to Clemson uh, in two consecutive years. Uh, Dino Babers has got a big scalp every year, so I don't expect this Syracuse to come out and this Syracuse team to just come out and roll over and. Whilst North Carolina, I'm still skeptical. Don't me don't me wrong. Like Sam Howe could come out and, and blow the doors off this thing, and and I'll be like, well, I you know I might just have to eat that L there. But I I'm, I still need to see it from him consistently, uh, and maybe he's not going to see the defense defensive quality that's going to put those concerns to to rest for me. All right, now I'm gonna. You're gonna have to take this one because Duke at North Carolina. Uh, sorry, Duke at Notre Dame, not at North Carolina. Duke are heading to South Bend. If you're talking about a team, if Syracuse are picked to finish last, Duke can't be picked to finish much higher above them. Uh, they get uh, grad transfer quarterback across from Clemson. Um, and you've got a Notre Dame team who returns Ian Book. They're talking about him as an NFL quarterback. I don't see that, but he is dynamic on the ground. He can throw the ball kind of down the field sometimes when the offense allows him to do that, something that they didn't do particularly well last year. Um, they did get a whole bunch of receivers taken in the NFL draft last year, so they are going to have to replace some of that on the outside, but their defense will be excellent again. And I don't see any reason why David Cutcliffe's Duke Blue Devils should feel at all confident in week one. No, I'm with you 100% on that. You could probably tell from my championship draft selection that I'm expecting Notre Dame to take the chocolates in this one. I think Ian Book is a good college quarterback and we're going to see the start of what could potentially be a great year for him. I think he has it all ahead of him. He's going to have the tools. They're going to be in the conversation. So if he can take that next step forward as a collegiate passer and keep being dynamic on the ground, he can drive this team to do great things. So this one for me has them taking it out quite easily and it could be the start of uh, something really interesting in the ACC where we have a second 
powerhouse team. Okay. LA Tech and Baylor, as we quickly shift into the Big 12, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on Dave Aranda and his first time out at Baylor? Should they be curbing their enthusiasm or are we expecting the train to keep rolling uh, from the end of the Matt Rule era? I think, as we mentioned in our Big 12 preview, Baylor are certainly up against it with a number of factors uh, in light of the sort of season that we've got going on. Uh, the, the turnover that they've had, the change in staff, all of those factors really do not play in well for things to be easy for them, especially early on. There's a hell of a lot of change happening there. So I, I think Baylor have a lot of talent in this team and, and Matt Rule did an excellent job in building that program up. And Dave Aranda's a great coach as well. So I think it's, it's a smart hire, it's, it's a move into there, but I'd be steering clear from expecting big things from them early. Uh, and we may see Louisiana Tech run this one a little closer than uh, people may think. Uh, so for mine, yeah, it's... Baylor are taking a step back this year. That's happening. It's just how far that step back uh, will be, we're going to get a good indication of on the weekend. Yeah, I think you still see some really good defense. Dave Aranda is known for his ability to scheme up pressure packages with linebackers and defensive player, defensive linemen without bringing heavy blitzes. So they'll bring four, they might bring five, but it generally starts from that kind of three to four, three down linemen and, and where's the extra one coming from and he manipulates that game to do that. So I think that defense will remain pretty good. Charlie Brewer, on the other hand, is the question mark for me and, and can he be more consistent? I don't think LA Tech's offense is particularly good. They struggled down the stretch last year. So Baylor, to me, will continue to look... I think the second half will look good. First half may be a bit rusty. The defense will be solid but I'm taking Baylor pretty comfortably. Georgia Tech and FSU. Uh, question in this one, can FSU be any worse than they were last year? They had a stinker of a year under Willie Taggart. They remove him, obviously. Um, and then they get Mike Norvellian, who didn't settle in to Tallahassee particularly well. And there was a little bit of... Uh, agitation within the playing group with some of the comments he made and that's never a good start particularly when you can't actually physically be in the same space and and train and coach those guys and and overcome some of those things and work together to do that but still i think fsu are too talented georgia tech are too far away thoughts on that one will yeah i think you're right i think that whilst florida state and we've mentioned this previously they're not recruiting at the level that they used to. They're still recruiting at a hell of a lot higher level than Georgia Tech. They've got better players in there. You're big on Mike Norvell. I think it's a breath of fresh air in the program. It has been a bit rocky for them, which was interesting to see. But they have it all ahead of them to turn the corner now, start with a clean sheet, and try and get back to FSU of old. So they'd be looking to achieve that week one. I think, interestingly, looking uh, at some of the historical stats, Georgia Tech are 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games that they've had. So I think people are, are expecting, like history would tell you, that Florida State will easily overcome this Georgia Tech team. And it just hasn't been the case for the last, you know, seven years. So... 
This one comes in at uh, under two touchdowns, which I thought was a bit short, and maybe I'm falling into that trap of going, yeah, Florida State are much better than Georgia Tech. So I'm a little bit wary of that one now, and, and I think there's a potential here for the Georgia Tech football team to really turn some heads and, and surprise people, but Florida State certainly would be pushing for that not to be the case. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. I mean, you say Georgia Tech hasn't been recruiting that well. Their last recruiting class was, what, 16th in the nation? Like, top 20? We know the Atlanta area produces a lot of really, really good talent, and, and they're convincing guys to stay home there. So I don't. it's not going to be long before Georgia Tech starts pushing people around in the ACC, and um, it's they're not there yet, but I would expect that this one will be a little bit closer just due to... Georgia Tech feeling like they're building FSU uh, kind of on a on a wobbly raft at the moment. So, uh, a couple of other games to get to: Campbell Fighting Camels at Georgia Southern. You should watch that game because the Campbell Fighting Camels have the best name in college football. So get around them. Uh, Clemson are at Wake Forest. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, they lose um, Gage Surratt to. Uh, he opted out of the season. Their number one wide receiver, probably one of the best wide receivers in the country. They lose Jamie Newman from last year. Uh, what is left? Yeah, I wasn't sure point. where you were going with that. Like they lose Sage Surratt to money because that's essentially yeah. what it is. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one, this has got game day, right? Yeah, game I don't like, yay, Winston-Salem. Yeah, when was the last time that happened? Never. Well, it possibly has, but yeah. It'd have to be some time. So that kind of really speaks to the lack of marquee matchups that we have this week. Uh, Clemson are just going to smack them here, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I for sure. I, I mean, I haven't seen what the line is, but it's not big enough. What games are you getting up to watch? Because this is the first kind of nine o'clock game. It's the game day uh, experience, but there are games as early as one thirty. Like, what are we getting up to watch here this first Sunday? Well, it looks like I'm going to be on a pretty heavy icing routine every hour from now on, so I'll just be up all the time. I think I'm just going to do away with sleep and not worry about that for the next week or so. Okay, maybe I will watch the Campbell Fighting Camels. Anyway, uh, UTEP are at Texas. So the question that comes out of this, are Texas really ranked 14 and do they deserve to be? Uh, yes, I think they do. I think they're a good, good team this year uh, with a lot of returning talent. They will be around the mark in the Big 12, and as a result of that, they deserve certainly to be in the, the middle rankings. Okay. For me, Sam Ellinger needs to come out and dominate in this one, and uh, they need to find some answers for their lack of receivers that we know have left over the past couple of years, and who's going to be the next guy to step up for the Longhorns? We need to see some of that. Other games, Western Kentucky at Louisville. Western Kentucky were pretty good under Jeff Brom going back a few years before he headed to Purdue, but now they they had a very, very average last season. Louisville, to me, are the team to the team to watch for the year. And, and if you want to see if there is a quarterback that's as close to Lamar Jackson in um, college football at the moment, it is probably Mikhail Cunningham. Uh, they do play, did play for the same 
clubs. So understand that just because it's a running quarterback doesn't make them the same player. And they're not the same player, but if you want to see a dynamic quarterback who can run around, um, win with his arm and his legs, then uh, Mikhail Cunningham is the guy. And I think Louisville do this at a canter. I'm with you, uh, and I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams. So that's one that I'd actually probably tune into. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to be because I need to make money on my investment that I just placed previously. Any other games that you would like to mention? Uh, I think that's probably it. As we mentioned, I think, earlier in the show, the Tulsa-Oklahoma State game has been delayed which is a little disappointing, but understandable. Uh, Army and UL Monroe going head-to-head. So Army have just come off a, a big win in, in week one. So they'd be looking to continue that momentum there. And did we touch on the Arkansas State-Kansas State game? We have not. That, that's another one that I think probably deserves a mention. Arkansas State are often one of the better group of five teams. Kansas State... We'll be looking to build again. They were actually quite respectable last year, chalking up seven or eight wins in the Big 12, what was a very tough and competitive Big 12. So if they can build on from that, they're in the conversation potentially to be competing for a Big 12, and that's what they'll be looking to do. I'm not sure they've got it in them, but this is where we'll see that week one with their matchup with the Red Wolves. Yeah, and, and Arkansas State played against Memphis, a Memphis team that is, if there were ranking outside the top 25, they would be ranked 26. Cody White threw four touchdown passes, but Arkansas State were in that game late. They were competitive. Um, They're a good team. So I agree. I think Arkansas State could and continue to be well coached and could cause some issues. So that's actually not a bad one against K-State. It's a 130 kick. Oh, do I do it? There's every chance. There's every possibility. Okay, let's us move on even further because it is back. It is that time of the year again, and I am super not excited about it. But if you want to put your money where your mouth is, here comes the, the money. Money. Talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, buddy. Here we go. We're back. The part of the show that I know everyone is dialing into, everyone's scrambling around now that they've heard that drop. They're grabbing their phone. They're grabbing uh, pencil and paper. That They want to write this shit down. Credit cards, but... cutting them in half. <laughs> that happens on the results show. This one <laughs> is all about making money. And the way I see it, there's percentages in this game. And odds are that if you keep shooting, eventually you're going to get one in. And whilst the last two seasons we probably probably ended up on the other side of the ledger than where we would have liked, I'm really confident about this year. I'm feeling really good about it. Uh, I'm going to stick to the, the strategies that we had that were making us money last year. I'm learning from that. That was all data that I've taken in and... I think... So it's all that, a big experiment to you. People's money is an experiment to you. That's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm continually trying to work on something so that both myself and the people out there, our loyal listeners, are able to make some cash. And I think okay. we can do it this year. I think this is the year. I think we're going to start really hot. We're going we're gonna to go three from three on my picks. We're going to pick up that multi that we, we tie them all in for. And it's just going to set us up for a massive, massive season. All right, 
Let's and, take take us through the pain. And I think it is important to note that if you follow me early in the seasons, like week one and two, the results have been excellent. It just <laughs> tends to be the back half of the year where I, uh, I haven't quite got that right. But early and on... And Vegas does. That's where the, the line makers start really exactly tuning Exactly. They've, they've got in. more time than I do. So they... <laughs> They're able to get that done on a weekly basis. But when I've got like a good six-month lead-in, fucking watch out. So <laughs> I'm confident. I've got three great picks for us to start things here. And as I said, I think we're going to really rocket ourselves up the up. And, and we're going to be at a point where like we've got so much money, we can't be negative because we're, we're going to start up at such a high point. So, so let's get to it. Fuck me. You are chewing up clock here. I am. I'm excited. So the first one here, uh, I've got, I've, we're, we're playing our 10 units again. Uh, I've got three picks, three units on each of the picks, and then one unit on a multi of the three picks. So we're backing in all three to get in. I'm feeling really good about that. The first one we have is Syracuse and North Carolina. Uh, we've got a, a line of 22.5 points there. I'm taking the cues. I'm saying that they are going to keep it within the three touchdown score there. This is very much that hype thing that I was talking about. Uh, people are really big on North Carolina. People are really down on Syracuse. Shouldn't be. It's going to be closer than that. Yeah, North Carolina will probably win, but we're talking like 7 to 10 points here. So feeling good about that one. Lock away Syracuse plus 22. Uh, next one, newcomers to the ACC. Notre Dame. <laughs> okay. So you're just picking the games that you're watching. You're just really picking things you want to happen at this point. I am telling you, these are the games that I'm interested in because I, I, you're right, I probably don't need to watch it because I already know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to tune in, but I know what's going to happen. Notre Dame are going to enter into the ACC and they're just going to start wrecking house. They're going to show how easy that conference is. And they're starting off with Duke, 19 and a half points. That's not enough. Notre Dame are a much, much better football team. They're going to show that. They're going to clearly outclass this Duke team that is quite average. And they will cover that 9.5, so we'll take that. Uh, and lastly is the Kansas State-Arkansas State game that I tacked in on the end of our reviews there. I like Kansas State, 10.5 points here. I don't think that's enough. I don't think they get enough respect. Uh, Arkansas State, as you mentioned, looked all right against Memphis. Uh, they'll benefit from having the run in, but Kansas State are going to be a better football team. They're not going to get scored on very easily. I don't expect Arkansas State to be able to score more than 10 points against them there. Uh, 10 points? I, I don't expect more than 10 points. That's You've got these new toys and you wanted to get that in and it, it doesn't work there. That's not right. <laughs> it, it does, dude. No, that was this, this 10 points thing, it ain't happening. It'll be less and, than ten points, and and for what was that? We were going to I'm glad you're happy with yourself over there. You're giggling away. You've got your new toys. Uh, Kansas State only need to score three touchdowns on the back of my ten point prediction. And I think they'll do that easily. I, I think that they're going to win something to the tune of thirty one seven, thirty one ten maybe. So uh, Kansas State. Minus 10 and a half. Uh, so those are our three picks this week. Then we're going to put a unit on the three of them into each other. So we've got Syracuse plus 22 and a half. Notre Dame minus 19 and a half. Kansas State minus 10 and a half. And we are just going to get off to a great start this year. I'm excited. Okay. I can't wait. 
if you're on the other hand want a little bit of advice from someone who hasn't lost as much money as will then consider steering clear of week one we've got no idea what's going to happen it's going to be a mess there's going to be teams all over the place uh, in terms of being prepared not prepared sloppy gameplay penalties turnovers there's going to be some funky stuff this weekend uh, but gambling on that is going to be super unpredictable all right, now I'm looking forward to this one. I'm super excited. I know you're excited about on the punt. We've got our last segment here. We're talking bold predictions. Again, for those people who haven't spent too much time with us on uh, College Football Down Under podcast, this is something we do every year. We like to get three bold predictions in. Now, these have to be bold. They cannot be bloody run-of-the-mill, average betting props here. We need bold, bold predictions. So we're going to have three I don't think I landed any last year. Did you land any? I can't remember. I think I did. I think I was really yeah, I think you did last too. year. I think, you, I, I think no, I you got Stanford. Well. Stanford. I definitely not, got Stanford. Stanford not making a bowl game. Um, you may have even got another one. So well done to you. But at this stage, I'm so bad at picking these that I'm mostly just kind of going for things that I want to happen. Uh, so yeah, um, okay. not all of them, but... Certainly some of them. This certainly hasn't been your strength on this show. Like for where you excel in the championship draft, I feel like you kind of lack a little in the uh, bold predictions, but it's looking like you've done a bit of work in this this year. So I'm really keen to hear what you've got coming uh, and then kind of laugh at how far off the mark you are. Okay. So do you want me to kick things off? Let's do it. Let's go with you. Okay, now this kind of actually speaks to a situation that has almost happened. This, the Southern Miss uh, head coach after one game this year has stepped aside and uh, he will no longer be the head coach. I know he had a few issues, um, but Southern Miss now has an open job. Uh, but my first bold prediction is kind of in this realm but not quite and I always pick a coaching one I'm going with a coaching one again but a coach will be fired without the team playing a game so I'm probably looking at the Pac-12 Big Ten but it also could be I'm leaning into the FCS level here as well if I see it come up on (laughs) Sports Center like I mean I'll take group of five as well I'll take Mountain West Um, but this could almost happen on any level of football maybe not high school but you know, the FCS level as well. But I'm going to say that a coach will be fired without the team playing a game. Okay, so you're going back to the well of Clay Helton's going to get fired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, you've yeah, opened it up I'm a at. bit, but you didn't score well, on I'm, that last year. You know, year, the so one I'm actually again. thinking is Kirk Ferentz was the one that immediately jumps to mind in the Big Ten in that something stupid's going to happen around COVID testing or something like that. And someone's going to mismanage like, a situation. He keeps being racist. Something, something like <laughs> he that. He keeps being racist. Yeah. Okay. And, and he, you know, they get flicked before the season. From an optics perspective, I think if there's every year where optics is an issue or a, a bigger issue, this is the one. So I'm going with that. Okay. That's an interesting one. Uh, it'll be, yeah, fascinating to see if that plays out. But I like where you've gone. It's a bit left field. Uh, my first one here is that... The Appalachian State Mountaineers oh, are going to be the only undefeated FBS team this year. They'll finish the season undefeated, and they will be the only team that is undefeated in all of the land. So they will be national champions. I think they will not make the playoffs the on national the back champions. of that. 
but they no, were doesn't they make were, them not national champions though well hey there is that so yeah upstate go undefeated and uh no one else will just them so you're saying cincinnati are losing a game which is interesting because you've just taken them in your are they in uh, separate conferences it, yeah they are but didn't you say they're they're gonna, they're gonna be the only undefeated team in the country yes which means cincinnati are gonna lose a game by process of elimination perhaps if yes. so fact so yep cincinnati will then lose a game yep well, once okay, they've, cool. once they've peaked at one and i've sold high <laughs> they're then yeah. going to play my Oklahoma State Cowboys in the national championship game and lose oh god <laughs> what a mess of a season that would be oh, that'd be this glorious. is like playing NCAA alright my bold prediction number two I'm going to say that Texas A&M will finish 500 or below interesting so I'm actually going to say, and on top of that, I'll throw in a little bonus thing here. They won't beat anyone ranked higher than them and will, by the end of the season, be considered well and truly overrated. Okay, that's a great lead into mine because mine is that Texas A&M <laughs> will make the playoffs. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so we found ourselves uh, uh, quite a divisive team amongst the two of us here. <laughs> Well, and I figure like the answer's clearly right in the middle. They're going to go like eight and two, not make the playoffs. It's not happening. It's going to be one or the other. (laughs) I mean, they do have Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Florida. Uh, I think they lose all of those. You're saying that they probably go three and one over that stretch. Yep. Uh, And then I think they lose one of Tennessee, Ole Miss, and probably Mississippi State is the one that I'd be looking at for them to drop. So I'm saying probably Tennessee, but maybe Mississippi State. Uh, for them to drop as well. So, yeah, to me, finishing 500. Okay. And you're saying that they go all the way to the playoff. The playoffs. <laughs> okay, One of brilliant. the two well, SEC teams that are represented there. Now, what... I know I said I want th- things to happen, and I've kind of got a few here. I've got a couple of bonus ones that I may mention at the end, just a couple of real quick ones. But I'm going to say a top four ranked team will at some stage during the season have to forfeit a game due to losing players to COVID. Now, this is COVID only. It's not like social, um, you know, sitting out games due to particular protesting or anything like that. This is COVID related. Furthermore, this will spark a move. This will be the flashpoint for a move by the Power Five to begin to move away from the NCAA, the details of which involve new transfer rules, a new NCAA football video game, and player payments. And this will will cause a disagreement between us and put tension in our friendship. Wow. We've really kind of drawn this one out, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. There's I'm a few cons- elements here. There are a few elements, and I'm concerned how detailed and how you kind of like seemed excited by it. <laughs> there was almost a sense of you know hope on that one, which I don't know how I feel about that, but <laughs> not quite hope. But uh, yeah, I mean, like yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's busy. Okay, it's busy. If, if you can get any of these points right, I'll pay you that one because. <laughs> Our friendship is rock solid. It ain't going anywhere. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny if none of that happens except our friendship. Except just we're not hanging out Heads anymore. to shit. 
All right, okay. your last one. My last one. Uh, what did UCF do in 2018? Uh, not much. They won the national no, championship. They didn't do that. <laughs> and along similar lines this year, at the end you of the did. year, we are going to have multiple teams claim to have won a national championship. Oh, is that a bold prediction? Yes. There's one national <laughs> champion given out every year. This year, though, with what could potentially play out and happen, I'm expecting... What, that you're so, so you're saying the playoff will be awarded to more than one team? Well, I, I, maybe we don't have a playoff. Maybe things fall through and then the season just kind of like spatters out and then all of a sudden the team's there saying, well... We won our conference, so we're national champions. Kind of like they rocked back in the 40s and 50s. They were just like, yeah, yeah. We, we won enough games, so we're the national champions. Like, mm, are you? <laughs> well, there's four teams that have won national champions. <laughs> well, okay, so exactly what does this look like? Is this a self-professed national champion? Does it have to be voted in by one of the particular bodies that gives a national championship? Do they need a sticker or a big um, like a painted sign at their stadium? If I can buy a T-shirt... If, I can if you buy can a buy a t-shirt, then it counts. I okay, can buy if that happens, t-shirts. I will. I will buy you a one of the. I'll buy us one of the national championship t-shirts. Cannot wait. If if in fact if there's more than two teams, I'll buy one from each of the teams. There we go. Well, so you're saying so I should get an app state payment together by the sounds of things, probably yep. a Clemson, and then someone else is going to make some horrendous claim for the title as well. Yeah, like the Big Ten, Ohio State. Well, well yeah, well, okay, so what happens on that front? Like what happens when they join later in the year and they're like, yeah, we're, we're good too. <laughs> like well, what happens then? Then it looks like my bold prediction has been very clever and I've nailed <laughs> one on the head here, doesn't it? Yeah, that ain't happening. All right, have you got any quick fire bonus ones that we're not going to add into the bold predictions, but anything you like the look of that you might think about adding in? No, I mean, as we, we normally play along during the week, uh, during the weeks, we do, uh, and we, we chuck some in there. Originally, I really liked my boy JT Daniels for the Heisman, but I saw that he was fourth favorite, which I was surprised at because. Uh, I mean, yeah, he is George's quarterback, which is cool, but he only just won the starting gig there and he's come across. So I was going to have that. That's obviously not the case. And Kellen Mond for uh, Texas A&M to be making the noise that I'm expecting to. I'm also expecting a big year from him. So a little uh, few few bucks on him to enter in the Heisman race. Would okay, not, I've, got, not be I've got a couple of others for you because this is something I do want to happen. Miami will be mentioned as a playoff team at some stage in the second half of the season. Uh, a running back wins the Heisman. Ooh, Chuba. Yeah. Uh, and Chad Morris turns Joe Nix back into Bo Nix and a 3,500-yard passer and turns his one-year head coach, uh, offensive coaching gig into a head coaching gig somewhere else. Okay. These are all good bonus ones. They're all but, pretty yeah. solid. And I'm going to claim them if they come true. And if they don't, then we'll <laughs> never, never hear from them again. <laughs> Good. All right. That brings us to the end of our season launch. Welcome to season 2020. We're excited to get things kicked off and underway. I'm already getting nervous about my Miami Hurricanes. I'm going to wear my Canes shirt to work tomorrow, I think. 
just to make sure that I have, I mean, obviously I have no impact on what they're doing. They give zero fucks about Australia and even less fucks about some dudes like us talking about them. But um, let's make sure that we do get the season off to a good start. Get up nice and early on Sunday morning, watch some college football uh, along with us. And if you do want to get in contact again at CFBD and under on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook as well. So make sure you have a chat, follow along. Will's got some social media updates that he's keen to get out. I know hit, that. I mean, hit us up on the socials if you are watching. What was that? <sighs> what was that, Will? If you are watching, uh, do feel free to hit us up. We can certainly find you streams of games, all of that sort of stuff. Happy to talk through it as it's all happening. We're, we'll be around the place, so we're, we're glad to have you along for the ride and let's hope that season 2020 is less fucked up than it has been so far. <laughs> okay. All right, on behalf of that guy over there, Will Murden, my name's Aaron Kemp and we will see you next time.